Welcome to Buffalo Game Day Recap. I'm Thad Brown along with Carl Jones. The Bills out. Their season is over. A 27-24 loss to the Chiefs. And Carl, look, this loss is despicable. I mean, this was a game where I don't know if the Bills were the better team, but they certainly had plenty of chances to win this game. I mean, this Chiefs team was probably the worst it's been in the Patrick Mahomes era. We've talked about all year how the uh, Chiefs receiving core wasn't up to par. The offensive line was leaky to a certain extent, and yet they still found a way to come on the road. Patrick Mahomes never playing a role game in his career. How he role playoff game in his career, how would he respond? Well, the Chiefs responded just fine. Look, this was a situation where the Bills had the Chiefs exactly where they wanted them. They had them at home. They had it in a game where Josh Allen was playing well. I mean, look, I don't know if this was an 11 out of 10, but what, 9.5 out of 10, pretty fair to say? He was making play after play. They were, look, I was impressed with the way James Cook drops a pass, end of the half, walk-in touchdown. No problem. Khalil Shakir, tough catch, banging in anyway. Um, Bills take a delay a game in the red zone to make it third and goal from the 13. No problem. Khalil Shakir again coming up with a big play. We'll talk about him a little later on in the show. The Bills try and fake a punt. Ridiculous decision. No problem. Jordan Poyer is going to force a fumble. And then late in the game, they had everything going their way. Fumbles, not only the one that goes out of bounds, but Josh Allen had one again that the Chiefs <laughs> could not recover. They had a fumble early in the game. Stephon Diggs, no problem. The Chiefs couldn't recover that one either. There was what probably would have been a pick six that the Chiefs knocked away from themselves. The Bills kept on either getting breaks or making plays. They had everything going their way. If you can't beat Kansas City in this situation, Carl, when will they ever beat them? I don't know. I mean, when you think about coming into this game, if you said Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, he completes north of 60% of his passes, you would say, okay, the Bills can come away with a win. However, this Chiefs offense, which hasn't been great all year, walked into Orchard Park. I know the Bills defense was better with injuries. However, the Chiefs offense wasn't spectacular against anyone who they played this year. They walked in here, moved the ball up and down the field, especially in that second half. That's not good whatsoever. And I know going back to the offense a little bit, Josh Allen played as about as well as you can expect him to play in the, in the circumstances that he was given. Now, granted, the explosive plays weren't there, a couple drops by the receivers. I, I don't know what more you can ask from him, maybe some other guys stepping up and making plays. We'll get to the offense in a second. First, let's talk about the special teams because at the end of the day, the play that really submarined the Bills this year was Tyler Bass missing a very makeable 44-yard field goal. The snap, the hole, I know Sam Martin was an issue in this game. He didn't punt very well. That all seemed good. And Bass, end of the season, was certainly a problem. Not the most reliable kicker at all. And really a point that I don't think was talked about enough. This game was the most accurate kicker in the NFL, Harrison Butker, against Bass, who might have been one of the worst late in the season. But big picture, special teams were an issue all season long. In the last game of the year was a problem as the first game when the Jets ran a punt back for a touchdown to win a game. 12 men on the field against the Broncos cost you a game. Now, it didn't cost the Bills in terms of playoff seating, but it really was just a, a hint of what was to come in the playoffs here. It wasn't good. I know the decision-making, and I know Reed Ferguson said that it was a decision from the sideline to get the, the fake, fake punt. Correct. So that's upstairs. That's not the players on the field making that call. They need to be – better in that part of the game because it still is three phases and you see the Chiefs didn't fumble in that part you know Harrison Bucker made his kicks albeit a very difficult kick in that first quarter and he was kind of scared I don't think he really thought that was going in from his reaction but regardless you can't be such a drawback in that part of the game this time of the year the the margins are slim especially really really slim. especially when your defense is has injury issues like the Bills had in this game and let's talk about the fake punt look it was a terrible decision and and the thing that I thought of was this is the Bills team Von Miller started the phrase early this year, and we heard it a lot. Don't blink. 
Well, you know what? Sean McDermott blinked right there. This was a head coach that I think has heard for years how he wouldn't be aggressive in a spot like this. He'd be conservative. And he went too aggressive. He was aggressive at the absolute wrong choice. And not only was the choice to fake the punt bad, but running it with DeMar Hamlin, you got to have a better option than that. I was always told and been taught when it comes to football, if you're going to fake a punt and you have an elite quarterback, don't do it. I would much rather take 17's chances getting a fourth down conversion than a punt team that practices that rep once every two weeks. 17's getting reps with on um, fourth down conversions all the time throughout practice. DeMar Hamlin probably practiced that five times this entire year. If you're going to go for it on fourth down, give it to 17 and let him make a play. Let's talk about how 17 played. And I thought second quarter, third quarter, there were some ridiculously easy plays. The quick dump to Latavius Murray as he's running, it's like a five-yard throw in the air, right, to a wide-open receiver. You would think that's a rudimentary play. But let me tell you, for the accuracy and the timing, for Allen to recognize and hit that play on the run, that might have been one of his five best throws all season long. The lateral, which may have not been a lateral, but regardless, it counted. Oh, an extremely aware play. He was burying defenders in the run game, you know, making the, the throw to Shakir. I think the catch is better than the throw. The throw is still a 9.5 out of 10. Josh Allen, this wasn't his best game ever. This wasn't a, you know, put a bronze statue up for this game. He was still really, really good. Like I said earlier, if you would have said he doesn't turn the ball over, and I know he was a little careless with the ball in terms of fumbling late. He tried to turn it over, <laughs> he but tried. Not. yeah. But, but if you told me he wasn't going to turn the ball over, I would say, you know what, I think the Bills come away with a win here. So the fact that he was – careful with the ball to a certain extent and they still couldn't find a way to move the ball up and down the field especially in that second half it's concerning especially how the Chiefs played him I mean if you look at I don't think they completed more than two passes more than 15 yards down the field the Bills the Bills correct and that's concerning with a quarterback like Josh Allen he really got neutered in the second half I mean a bunch of screens to the outside quick passes which the Chiefs were like you know what I would much rather you be a dinking up quarterback than you air it out. Now, they tried to air it out. Diggs had to costly drop. Uh, Trent Shurfield tried to make a deep play here on the sideline right here. They didn't connect on those. But, man, the Chiefs were like, you know what? If 17 wants to throw five-yard passes every play, we will live with that because he can't do that every single play all the way down the field in that shoulder in the second half. And I will say the Chiefs were right about that in the end, but I thought, you know, through three quarters, that was the right way to run the offense. And the Bills were moving the ball fine. You know, those short throws, they were, you know, run after the catching for, you know, six, seven, eight yards, and the Bills were, you know, in second and two a lot. So I'm not going to criticize Josh Allen for throwing those balls, even though you're right. No, no, I think, no, yeah. I think the Chiefs probably wanted it. Yeah, no, I'm not criticizing him for that, but I'm saying that was the game plan that the Chiefs wanted coming into this game because they were like, you know what? We're not going to let you get anything deep, especially with all the angles that you can hit. I mean, when they let him ex escape from the pocket, the touchdown was the Chiefs losing contain and him, allowing him to make a play like that. We're not going to allow you to beat you with, our, with your fastball, with your curveball looking like. And clearly, any team that plays against Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, we would much rather you be – Dink and dump it down the field as opposed to air it out for 40 yards. As for the weapons around Josh Allen, Khalil Shakir was amazing. I mean, this was an elite game for a third receiver. You know, this is not a guy that's going to go out there and go 10 for 100 every week. But the catches he made, again, he was responsible for eight points by himself. He turned two obvious field goal tries into touchdowns with both the first down catch on third and five from the seven first half and then the third and goal from the 13 one in the second half. And then he had the, the fourth down conversion in the fourth quarter to keep that what would eventually be a missed field goal drive alive. So as good as you can ask for out of number 10, and let me tell you, the, the future with him is only, I think, going to get better. Beyond that, though, James Cook, really good game on the ground. Once again, another brutal drop. You can't have those if you're James Cook. Dalton Kincaid, maybe not his fault, 
invisible in this game after having three good games where he was finally becoming a factor down the field. Carl, the thing I want you to address, number 14, Stephon Diggs, three catches, 21 yards on eight targets, and the big drop on a deep ball that, frankly, a receiver of that caliber cannot do that in this game. I mean, that, I think that right there kind of encapsulated the entire 12-game stretch from Stephon Diggs. That drop right there was just inexcusable. I mean, you, you can say it's age. You can say the scheme looked different when Joe Brady took it over. You can say that, say that he's going up against elite cornerbacks during this back half of the stretch. But the fact of the matter is Stephon Diggs has been going up against cornerbacks of this caliber. He's been going up against defensive coordinators who have, who have tried to take him out of the game for years now, his entire career. So that is really concerning when your fastball, your best player on the perimeter, can't cook in the games like this because this time of year, we've always talked about this, it's players over plays this time of year. I can't scheme you up in this time of year because Steve Spagnuolo knows all your tricks. But if my, if my ace, which is Stephon Diggs in this case, can't win consistently and be that guy, there's no scheme I can do to help that out because right now I'm playing with a, a hand behind my back in a game of this magnitude. We heard from Stephon Diggs or about Stephon Diggs that it was fine, that the, the late season swoon, the fact that he wasn't a huge factor, you know, there were a couple deep balls where he was open. That's not his fault and Josh Allen missed. But there was the reduction in snaps for three games in a row. People said, oh, you know what, that's that's not a big deal. You know, he's only playing on, on passing snaps. He's not playing rundowns. But there's no doubt that the effectiveness and the productivity of Diggs decreased in a season when he turned 30 years old when receivers, not always, but often, start to decline. And I don't think... You and I watch him on film a lot. I don't think we saw a guy who was obviously declining. Maybe a little, would you say? Fair? A, a tad, but nothing drastic. So if that's a part of it, then what else is the problem? Was there an injury? Quite possibly. Was the scheme an issue? Look, it's a new coordinator. You can't discount that. Were teams just doing a good job taking him away? Frankly, they've been doing that to Stephon Diggs for a long time. And I think it is an issue late in the year. The Bills could not get him open multiple seasons in a row. The big question, Carl, is though, is this still a number one receiver going forward? I know I'm asking to tell the future, but in your opinion, where do the Bills stand with Stephon Diggs? I think you have to go out and, and groom and go get a guy, draft a guy, preferably, uh, preferably obviously through the, through the draft due to the salary cap constraints that they're dealing with. But you're going to have to at this point because it's two years in a row where this back half, this crucial stretch where I need him to be that guy. Once again, a bunch of circumstances that is the reason why his plays declined. But you got to figure this out at this point because as long as Josh Allen's in his prime, you have to do everything that you can to surround him with the players who can help him reach his peak. We'll talk a little more about the Bills' future in a minute, but first let's take a minute to tip our caps to the Chiefs, who played well in this game. And this was a defense that didn't come in banged up, but they quickly were almost as banged up as the Bills. They lost their starting safety, Mike Edwards, first play of the game. Willie Gay, who developed a neck issue late in the week, he left this game early as well. Two important pieces down the middle of the defense. Were the Bills more banged up? Probably, you could say. But regardless, the Chiefs were missing important guys on the road in a game of this caliber. And the Bills' offense, after looking great for three quarters, had only four first downs in the last 18 minutes of this game. Their last three drives were mostly ineffective. Yeah, they ground out uh, an opportunity to kick a field goal late, but this Chiefs defense missing some players did a really good job. And if they could bother to fall on a fumble, you know, this game would have looked a lot more, uh, a lot more of a blowout. And offensively, the questions about Pat Mahomes on the road. And look, 
I've been saying for, for days about this. He, the guy was not going to melt no. coming on the road for the first time. Kyle, he looked every bit the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, there were some plays where I was like, holy cow. He looked like a guy in high school where like he was just much better than everyone else out there in the field, and he's just playing the game on his terms. And it looked like that, especially in the first half at times. I mean, I mean, 15, Patrick Mahomes played a phenomenal game. Travis Kelsey turned back the clock on a couple of plays, especially. I, mean, I know he was wide open, but to see him turn back the clock a little bit and look like the guy we've seen in the past wasn't a good sign for the Bills. I mean, this Chiefs team came on the road. They talked the talk walked, and clearly walked the walk in a game of this magnitude. That defense played phenomenal. I know Trent McDuffie left the game early on. He came back after banging his ankle up a little bit. But look, when you when you run the ball as well as the Bills did in that first half, and then you come back in the second half, you make adjustments for the Chiefs, that speaks to a man's character. Because when you run the ball on me, especially in this cold, that sucks. It really does. And I'm not trying to tackle you. So the fact that they were able to, on the road, figure that out, I think it says a lot about Steve Spagnolo and his Chiefs team. And Isaiah Pacheco, too. You know, he was, you can really tell the difference with him in this game. He's a tough runner, a tough guy to bring down. And, you know, he was uh, a guy that certainly was a pain in the Bills' side for most of this game. But also, the one thing the Bills, we thought they could count on defensively was the front four. You know, this was a game where Ed Oliver, who's been great all year, did he even play? I don't remember 91 making a single play in this game. Daquan Father. Pat Mahomes in this game. And to me, the coup de grace of this defensive line failure, even after the block or the missed field goal, there was still a minute 40 to go. Bills had two timeouts. You got to stop there. You got 17. You got a chance. Isaiah Pacheco got a first down about as easy as it gets. Eight yards on the first play, an easy first down. Ball game over. This was a defensive line that when the Bills needed them to step up, did not show up. We talked about this earlier in the week. If the Bills wanted to win this game with how banged up they were everywhere, safety, linebacker and corner, they needed that front four to win. I mean, Ed Oliver is probably your best player on defense at this point. Gregory Rousseau, Leonard Floyd have played uh, exceptional at times this year. You needed those guys to win, especially against the Chiefs tackles who weren't stellar this year. Those guys needed to dominate, and they didn't. And the fact that that last drive right there said a lot. It really did about the fact that first drive Pacheco gets the rock, it's eight yards. And game that late, you needed you guys to make a play. I know I've said it about three times in this episode, Players make plays, and unfortunately, the Bills players, especially their guys who you would think would be a B-plus or an A-minus, didn't make plays. All right, let's start talking about where the Bills go from here now. And, you know, you brought this up. The Bills have a tough spot when it comes to the salary cap. They are way over, 40 or 50 million, something crazy. They've got a lot of work to do there. They don't have any one sign on the defensive line beyond Ed Oliver. They've got two safeties in Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde that are probably either, you know, too far over the hill, maybe too expensive to bring back. I'm not saying they won't be back, and they're still quality players, but, you know, maybe not the kind of guys you want to have there. With all of that said, Carl, where does this team go moving forward, a team that I think now would a quarterback like Josh Allen expects to be in the Super Bowl mix every season? I think for me, I think you go offense, get a receiver, help out that offense, and help him out as much as you can. It's unfortunate for them. I know Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde are getting a little bit over the hill, especially with the salary cap when you compare it in that, in that regard. I, I don't know how they fix that because it's hard to go get a safety on day one or day two and expect those guys to contribute right away. Um, cornerback is also an interesting discussion, although I think that group is a little better set going forward based off the fact that you have Rasul, Christian, and whatever uh, what happened with Trey White. I feel a little bit more confident in that group. The front four is going to be a little bit scary. you got Leonard Floyd on the cheap this year. Will that happen next year? Von Miller takes up a big uh, chunk of the cap. I think it's safe to say that Von Miller that you expected to come to Orchard Park isn't there anymore. Huge cap hit. What do you do with that? It, it is really scary, but for me personally, I think you go 
get another weapon for Josh Allen because this team goes as he goes, and as long and you want him to be as best as he can. As long as you have Josh Allen, you have a chance, you know. But to me, there, there are different versions of Super Bowl windows. People talk about the window being open or closed. And, you know, for example, people went into this season thinking the Jets had a Super Bowl right. window. You know, yeah, maybe, but you need 17 things to go right for that window to happen, which is better than, say, where the Carolina Panthers were. <laughs> yeah. But, there's, there's again, there's a different level of windows. And when the Bills sign Von Miller to add with Stephon Diggs, you had Josh Allen, you had Diggs was a star, Von Miller was a star, Ed Oliver was developing, the secondary was great, Taron Johnson is now an All-Pro, Matt Milano was a great, you had guys everywhere. You had a window open. To me, that window is now closed. And I think next year, the Bills may have to take a little bit of a step back, clean up the salary cap, and now sure, Brandon Bean hits it out of the park with a draft, changes everything. The Chiefs defense is proof of that by itself. But this might be a longer road back to where we're talking about the Bills as one of the top two or three Super Bowl contenders in the NFL. Especially with all the breaks they got this year in the AFC. Joe Burrow, who's been this team's kryptonite the past two years, he got hurt in November, so you didn't have to worry about the Bengals in the uh, in the postseason. The Chiefs, that offense isn't great. I'm sorry. Like, I it know still isn't. It's still, I know they look better today, but that still isn't a great offense. You presume they'll be better next year and surround Pat Mahomes with some better receivers. You even think about the Ravens. I presume that as long as Lamar Jackson's in his prime, they're always going to be in the mix. That kid in Houston, C.J. Stroud, looked really good this year. If they hit it out the park in another draft and free agency, they're going to take another step forward. You look at everything around you, and I was when everything was breaking, we were talking about this uh, about a month ago. We were like, look, the Bills aren't looking great, but the AFC's not looking great either. This was the year for them to go on a run. Hard to imagine how they are able to live this down. But, of course, look, this is how the NFL season works. This is how the offseason works. You'll digest it. It'll hurt. It'll be a long offseason for Bills fans, especially hearing about how the Chiefs are still big brother in the conference. I mean, look, I mean, right now, uh, Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan and the, and the Bills are the Knicks. You know, and, and, you know, Jordan does whatever he wants. It doesn't matter where the game is being played, and it's going to hurt for the Bills for a while. As long as the Bills have Josh Allen, and he proved it again tonight, there is hope. And there is some young guys developing. I like Dalton Kincaid a lot next year. But this game was one you had to have. And, again, if the Bills are ever going to get where they want to get with Josh Allen, he's going to start outplaying quarterbacks. He didn't do that tonight. I don't know how much of that was his fault. But he didn't do enough on a night where you needed him to be in 11 out of 10. A disappointing end to the season for sure. We hope you enjoyed watching with us here on Buffalo Game Day Recap. We certainly will be back again next season. Buffalo Camp Day Recap will start about July 27th or so. <laughs> Carl Jones will be with me. Looking forward to coming to you again next year. You can always see Buffalo Game Day Recap on RochesterFirst.com on YouTube, and you can find it to listen wherever you get your podcasts. For Carl Jones and A.J. Feldman, who is with us all season long, I'm Thad Brown. Thanks for watching Buffalo Game Day Recap. We will see you in the 2024 football season.